0: I'd like to welcome each one here this morning. Special welcome to Jesslyn. It's good to have her back. It'd be interesting to hear her story and experiences. And also, as I was reading the bulletin, the thought crossed my mind tis the season for hip or for joint uh, surgeries. We have several in our family who are in our church family who have had either a hip, a knee, or a shoulder or something that they've had surgery in the last couple of months. So we praise God for healing power. And He created our bodies that way. For devotional, I'd like to go to First Peter. First Peter chapter one. Now, I'm just going to read a few verses out of Peter. But what do you think when you think of holiness? First part of Peter, it's, he's kind of um, writing this letter to the church that's scattered abroad or the strangers that are scattered abroad who are part of the church, and they were scattered because of persecution. But heaven is worth suffering for. Uh, We have a living hope, and we have an inheritance that we will receive when we leave this earth behind us, and we're looking forward to that. And it's an inheritance that fadeth not away, an inheritance where there is no wars, and an inheritance where there is no evil, and it will be an exciting place to be. So verse 13 to 16 says, wherefore, and and going back to what I just says, wherefore or therefore gird up thy loins of your mind. And if you think of the loins of your mind, you would say, well, my mind don't have loins. But think of the strength that is in your mind. Um, where, what, how does our mind operate? It's our thought process. Um, gird up that you know what. It, what is our mind's thinking? What goes through um, each day or each hour? What, what, because lots of times our decisions are made through what our minds are thinking. So gird up that. Be sober. Hope to the end. For the grace that is in that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. I'm going to stop reading there. But verse 15 says, But he which hath called you. So who calls us to salvation? You know, we we are called through, you know, people that talk to us. We are called through messages, through songs, through testimonies, and so on, but it's ultimately God that calls us into his family. He has called us into the salvation uh, people, being saved, being sanctified. And he says, that which is holy, or which hath called you, is holy, so be ye Holy as he is, is that possible to be holy like God? You know, when we think of holiness, we think of purity. We think of, of um, perfectness, never, never doing anything wrong, never thinking anything wrong. We think of that as being holy. So what comes to your mind when you think of as Holy. Is it achievable? Can we do it as human bodies, be holy as God is holy? What are your thoughts? I know I sprung this on you. God to do something that we can't do. Very good. Someone else? Goes along with that. Are. Do you consider yourself holy? Through Jesus. Okay, through Jesus. But do you consider yourself holy? No. (laughs) Well, I don't either. But I know I am, and I'll explain that as we go down through. But um, so often we look at, at a holy person, we have this view, you know, for me to be holy, then I have to be perfect. For me to be holy, I have to be dressed just right. You know, for me to be holy, i got to wear, wear this. Um, we'll get into that later with uh, how the Jewish considered themselves holy. Um, sometimes we think of holiness as the sacrificing, and I would say maybe um, holiness is, is saying no to everything that's pleasurable. And then that is holy. Uh, not going to parties that are because of I want to be holy or not um, going into restaurants or stores or things like that because I want to be holy, you know, if they serve or sell alcohol and so on. So, So often we look at that as our attainable of holiness, and it's not that. Go to Exodus chapter three. This is the story of God speaking to Moses. Moses was in the wilderness and he was tending sheep, and I think he didn't, probably didn't even think about. the bushes that he went by, and and so on. He was probably looking for grass for his sheep to feed on. Feed on. It says now, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of the Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And God, Moses says, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and says, Moses, Moses. And he says, here am I. And he says, draw me not hither, draw not hither Put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. So what, you know, in in the vast of the desert why did that section of ground why was that holy? God was there. So you would assume or you would conclude that everywhere God is, it's holy. Um, If we go to Leviticus, you can turn to that, Leviticus 20. In, In thinking of that, wherever God is, it's holy. Um. There we go. As thinking of that, I'd like to look at that word, what really means holy, holiness. What does that really mean in the Hebrew section of holy ground? It means apartness or separateness. In other words, it's apart or separate. So being holy is to separate yourself from something. And we may ask the question of uh, separate from what? Uh, if we look at Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26, it says, And ye shall be holy unto me, for I the Lord am holy, and have severed you from other people, that ye should be mine. So God took the Jewish uh, nation, or people, or selected through Abraham, selected him to be separated from the world, separated from the people that were in his the culture at the time. And God says, I will bless you, and you shall be mine. And then I want to go back to Exodus chapter 19 and read a couple verses there. In thinking of God choosing the Jewish nation, as uh, the Jewish people to be his people, to separate them from the cultures around them, He wanted them to be holy as he was holy. In Hebrews 19, verse 5 and 6, it says, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, and all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation's, These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So God took the people, separated them from, and he says, now I want you to be the priest. I want you to represent me to the culture around that you're part of. And did they do that? Well, let's... And also, I wanted, before I ask that question, I want to go to Numbers chapter 15 and read a couple verses. Uh, Numbers 15, verse 38 to 41. Speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments. Throughout their generation, that they put on the fringe of the borders a blue of a ribbon. And it shall be unto you for a fringe, that ye may look upon it, and remember all the commandments of the Lord, and do them. And that ye seek not after your own heart, and not after your own selves, after that which ye use to go a whoring." that ye may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. So they were even required on their outward appearance to be different. You know, put on these fringes that you will remember God. And I was thinking about that, and I wonder how how much of us Really think about that when we put on our clothes. Do you, are you dressed this way this morning? Remembering who God is. You know, we say, well, I want to represent God, holiness. But do we wear things that remind us of who God is and want to keep his commandments And I think sometimes, you know, you you see people that, you know, wear bracelets or necklaces or something that has a heart or a cross. And they say, well, that represents that people know that I am a Christian. But have you ever thought about that this reminds you of keeping God's commandments? And what is God's commandment? towards some of those things that we do to try to represent Christ. Well, eventually, um, or evidently, it didn't work. You know, even though they put these fringes on, it didn't remind them to keep God's commandments. Eventually, that became part of, of what made them holy. It wasn't God's commandments, but it was what God had commanded, and, and I'll get to that here in just a second. But they chose which commandments that they wanted to, to follow and which ones they didn't. So in some areas, like the keeping the Sabbath day holy and and... Well let's turn to Matthew 15. The they had a question here that they had for Jesus, who uh his disciples didn't follow their traditions, but they had their some of their things they held to the T. And they and they were required to to do that. They were required to keep the Sabbath day holy. They were required to sanctify themselves before God in washing their hands. But in Matthew 15 verse 1, it says, Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of the Jerusalem saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the commandments, uh, the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. And then he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandments of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother. And he that curseth mother and father and mother, let him die the death. So um, it goes on talking about that. But Jesus kind of said, Okay, if washing of the hand is is keeping the traditions of the of your elders, what about this area? What about that area where God specifically commanded that they shouldn't do? So it's easy to pick out some things and say, well, we've got to do this to be holy. And and uh Ashkar would have said that our tour guide in Israel would have said that, you know, to to be more holy they had to make these laws more rigid, you know, t- as far as the Sabbath day. To be more holy, they had to stop work a, a little earlier than six o'clock and so on. So you get, you kind of get the point there. And then Jesus said, well, What about all the commandments of God? And I think that's, and then he goes on to talk about the blind leading the blind. But I think that's an area that holiness, isn't well, sanctification. Let's start with that. Isn't was required by God, but Jesus has changing here in the New Testament, and I think that's where the Jews uh, struggled with, and that's I think an area where we need to grow in. First Corinthians, chapter one, verse two. <clears throat> it says unto the church of God which is at Corinth this is Paul um, writing to the church here at Corinth to them that are sanctified by who? Nobody knows? By Christ Jesus, yes. To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be what? Saints, you know what that word saints mean. It means holy, the exact same word that the, that Peter, the holy, to, as I am holy, and First Peter was. So he's talking to us who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be His saints or to be a holy people, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. So in other words, it's not just for you at Corinth. It's for everyone that has called on the name of Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And I would um, trust that all of us can say we have. So you are holy. Holy. Have you ever thought of that? You didn't wake up this morning, did you, thinking that you were holy? Um, In the Old Testament, the whole nation of Israel was called to be separate from the nations around them. Now we are individually separated through Christ from the world around us. So he's wor- not working with a nation of people, but he's working with the whole culture of people that that uh, responded to his calling. In First Peter two, verse nine eleven, says, "But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him." who hath called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. In the time past were a people, but are now the people of God, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So our lives have changed after we accepted Christ, and now we are considered um, holy before God. Now, um, some of us have lived a long life and have experienced some things in life, so maybe our walk with God is different than a young one that has just accepted Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds or vanity would be in a world of, of not having truth, not knowing truth. So don't be, um, don't walk as other Gentiles walk not knowing the truth. Have the under, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in the, in them because of the blindness of their hearts, who being past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness to walk all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So you have become a special people, but you can't continue on as you have in the past. You've got to change your mind. You've got to change your life. It says, put on the new. So, the separation I see of God coming when we accept Christ as our Savior, we, He is separating us from the old to the new. And that's where we struggle we like the new but we like the old and then Paul says in Romans 8 you're carnal you can't you can't serve both you can't serve God and serve the, your flesh you can't do it separation Of the old from the new. How do do we do that? Well, it says here to renew our minds. In Romans 12, 1 uh, 1 and 2 says present your body a living sacrifice so it's giving your body to God to serve him. And uh, the renewing of your mind, the renovation of your mind. And there's a few here know what it's like to renovate an old house. You can look at the old and see the good, the new. I look at the old, I don't see the new, but after it's done, it's beautiful, and I like it. But the, trans- the transfer from the old to the new is a lot of work. And you've got to work on your thought life because that's the loin of your, I think, the Christian life. What are you thinking? What are you putting into your mind? What are you looking at? What are you reading? What kind of music are you listening to? What kind of videos do you watch? How can we be holy generation and fill our minds with the scums of the scum things of the world. You know, God has set the standard for holy living. He set it for the the Israelites and He set it for us. It's so easy to say it, but it's a lot of work. And I really encourage you this morning to work on your not your holiness, because you are holy, but just knowing of uh, the holiness of God and to be holy like He is holy, doesn't that give you a out, different outlook in life? Those questionable things around us, we're going to think differently if we think, see, I'm a holy generation. I'm holy toward God. Am I, is that going to defile me? And if it is, I'm going to flee. I'm going to run from it. But I think, um, I think as the world gets more corrupt, or, or or should I say, the world has become into the church. It's harder and harder to decipher the two. And sometimes you got to set bold standards of this is as far as I go. And I will not allow any more than that. Um, I think of sometimes just in uh, music. And just an example, um, you know, there's been some weddings. And to look at the style of music has changed. And I'm not putting... The wedding's done, or anything, but just look. I'm, that's an example to look at. As is our people, our younger people, our children. What are they grow? What atmosphere are they growing up in? What kind of music do they listen to? What do they do in their spare time? It's all part of being holy. In our holiness, because we are holy if we have accepted Christ as our Savior. And I do believe that you can walk away from that, but I do pray for each one of you as you walk and journey with Him. Don't say, Well, I got to do, I can't do this because of the church, or I can do this because others are doing it. But look at it in your perspective, in your life. Is it defiling you? Not your brother, but is it defiling you? Is it taking you away from God? So let's be holy as he is holy. Shall we stand for prayer? Father, I pray for each one here this morning. I pray for their life. And myself also, Lord, I just pray that we would give, have a better visual of who we are. We are a holy nation. We are a holy people. We are part of the, the bride of a holy groom. And so I just pray that as we go through life, that we can always remember who we are in you. So we just pray for each one here. Just bless their lives, and especially if they are could be involved in things, maybe that is taking them away from you. I just pray that you would speak to them and bless their lives in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.